Welcome back to the Delay Dad podcast here on episode number 48 in this Lunes de Fe uh, segment as I get to welcome you, Dad, for the 48th time. Yeah. 48, Dad. That's right. 48. 48. And in all transparency, we're trying to catch up. Yeah, we're still we're still in that boat of just, you know, catching up and, you know, um, trying to make it the, the best of it, but at the same time, being very realistic and transparent with you guys in the sense that we are... Yeah, we are. We'll be we're behind, but you know what? It, being behind never never scared us in any way. You know, um, we've always had that fighting virtue to just get back into it. Well, it's part of our faith. Uh, it's part of the ongoing conversion. You know, conversion is not a a weekly thing. It's not a once a day thing. It's a constant thing, and this serves as an example of that. And many times our human nature tends to do the opposite of saying, no, let's give it up. You know, I already failed. And uh, to start over again, it's like it doesn't feel right. But it's not about feeling right or, you know, just for the sake of having a specific moment to start. Uh, Conversion is uh, as simple as the many times it takes for you to breathe. Yeah. You know, it's uh, that easy. Why? Because that is the merciful love of God yeah. that He gives you that opportunity. And I think that's what kind of, um, at least on my end, it's one of those things where I'm really horrible at that. That the moment I stop being consistent, the moment I stop like doing something that I said I was going to do, I just, a, part, a, big, a, a big part of me that I'm really working on tends to just, you know what, let me stop and let me, let me give this up for now. Then maybe later on I'll, I'll try to do it again. But slowly working on trying to not be discouraged by that uh, right because it's so easy to just fall into that discouragement yes, definitely what's worse is that sometimes that discouragement can lead to despair exactly so I know I'm conscious of it me personally um, so I'm doing my best to see okay if I can just recognize okay this is where you're at this is not where you want to be but still be okay with it and begin again right and it's that renewal, uh, it is that moment to renew something of you that takes pretty much more energy. And because it's the renewal part, it's something that you're starting again anew. And um, this conversion and trying to uh, us try to, you know, be consistent. Well, part of the consistency is for us to once again, try it again, you know, um, that beautiful song that your mom used to uh, used to sing, and and that you uh, has been able to to um, you know really um, learned and transmit the same power of that song. Um, que estoy aquí otra vez. Yeah, you know um, that song that te voy a tratarle otra vez. I try once again. That, that renewal, that uh, conversion itself, it's uh, important right. for us to keep in mind because uh, indeed um, this conversion is constantly, it, it's daily, it, it goes on. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's, that's what I need to, I guess, remember. And I think those of you who listen probably could find yourself in a similar spot um, and being not not completely defeated maybe knocked down but not defeated 
And I know for me, like I said, there's a big uh, room for improvement in that area. Just because, you know, you want things you want things perfect. You want this to be, I've been told, um, you tend to be perfectionist, me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this was told by a priest, so I have to listen. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's one of those things where you just, you just want to get it right. And when you don't, it's like, ah. But I'm learning to not just not shoot myself in the foot and to stop you know beating myself up for it you know for not being perfect for not being um as good as i want to be but being able to just simply get up renew and move forward right but it has to be done also with the same enthusiasm as to i am willing to do this again yeah okay huge it's not a here i go again no no, no. it's a let me do this again and i'm gonna do it better and many times as you try to focus on what you want to improve many times you kind of let down a little bit about what you had done right on the first time or the second time or the, the fifth time <laughs> yeah so it, what it really means it entitles us to do is that this conversion has to be conanimo has to be with this type of spirit that i'm going to be able to proceed in a different way in a more energy way and and i I probably have to say to myself, I have to do it God's way. Yeah. No longer Carlos and Nia's way, but you know God's way. Yeah. And and God leads you when you surrender yourself to God this way. And that conversion really takes you to another level. Yeah. You know, it propels you to something like I didn't know I could do that. That's right. You didn't. I did. Says God. <laughs> I but I needed you to kind of let me in you to do this. Which actually. <laughs> So it reminds me of, I don't know why it reminded me of this, but it, I think it makes sense. Hopefully it makes sense. Um, I remember, and you know, maybe not a lot of people might be. Anyways, we're Niner fans, right? So um, what, I, what I was kind of alluding to was the fact that I remember this quote or this particular um, game. I wasn't, I wasn't alive yet, but um, nonetheless, <laughs> there was this game where the Niners were playing against the Saints and they were down like, what, 38 to or whatever at the halftime or 31-3 whatever it was right they were down by a lot and it was one of those games where you can just have one or two options number one you could just give up and okay we already lost it's over and I'll never forget where he comes in at the halftime and he says okay let's just let's just do what we need to do you know let's have that drive to just do what we need to do and do it right and we'll see what happens bring in the same energy but we'll see what happens these guys ended up coming back and winning 38 to 35 in that week, in that game, for doing things just the right way, with the same enthusiasm, not letting their previous, you know, mistakes, you know, haunt them or anything like that. Right. And it reminded—I don't know why—it just it reminded me of that moment, of that game, uh, and just echoing those. And as you're talking about it, just allowing God to live through you and allowing to work through you, you can also mount a big comeback and actually be victorious in the end. You know, and, and look at that, how powerful it becomes. Now imagine when we submerge ourselves in God. Yeah. He's totally in control of things. Because now, you know, it's not the idea of God coming to me and being in me to be able to do this. But now I am totally immersed in Him. And then it's a different world, you know. It's, and it's wonderful. It's, it's just so powerful. And... You got to do those two things that today kind of uh, uh, is the topic of it all. You know, the famous come and believe, you know, and, and, and that's something that uh, 
comes from from the last particular verse from our gospel um, of two Sundays ago. Because again, we're trying to catch up, and this is the the closing of that uh, that gospel of Saint John, you know, from chapter six, verse thirty-five. And um, you have it there, or share this with you. You got it there. All right. So let's go ahead and and, and kind of pick it up from there because it's it the the, the come and believe is, is huge in this last closing verse of the gospel. So, verse chapter. Six verse thirty-five only, or yes, and just, only just thirty-five. Yeah. So it says here, Jesus said to them, "I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst." And I think that right there, uh, let, let's go with a with a come first. After the Lord has said, you know, after Jesus says that I am the bread of life, immediately he says, "Whoever, who is that? Whoever." Think about it. Who is that whoever? Whoever? Well, that whoever starts with you. Okay? Talking to you and me. So that whoever has to do something. What does that whoever needs to do? Well, he needs to or she needs to come. Okay? Where? To me. Okay? And it, it, it's something that we we got to take action. All right? it, it's upon that whoever, in this case, Carlos Gené, Carlos Gené needs to come to Jesus. He says, come to me. Right? We come to Jesus. How do we come to Jesus? Well, I say my prayers. Well, okay, good. Uh, I pray to God. Okay, good. Yet, you're there. You may think of God. You're praying to God. You're meditating. Um, you, you are within. You even say, you know, within the grace of God because you're in prayer. Yes. But... Jesus is very specifically saying, I am the bread of life. Where do we find the bread of life? Eucharist. In the Eucharist. So then, based on saying, I am the Eucharist, I am the bread of life, whoever comes to me, what? Will we'll never, never hunger. Will never hunger. Yeah. And that's huge because, you know, we are constantly hungry for things. We're constantly hungry uh, literally for food, all right. Especially if you're placed in a certain restricted diet, like I am. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, because of my health issues, um, I'm not supposed to eat the majority of things that I'm used to eating. Mm-hmm. And that in 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 itself is a huge sacrifice, because I, I como dicen en español, like que buscarle el lado amable. In other words, we gotta look into you know how to conquer this um, thing that you got to do that you're not too happy and thrilled about. So I have to find ways to look at it positively. Yeah. That yeah, it's gonna help me. It's gonna make me better. La la la. Blah blah blah. However, that energy that uh, is a different type of hunger. It that is. You, you have to really get in there, and it's like okay. Here we go. You know, uh, right now in the uh, sense in the world of, uh, and I'll talk about it later, but here right now in the world of LISD, that they have this famous new uh, theme for the year, Game On. You know, it is a game on to be able to initiate something new. It's time for us to do something. Well, here, it's time for you to just come. 
to the bread of life. Come to the Eucharist. You got to come where? Where he is at, you know, in church. We need to come back to that. Yeah. So this part of come, you know, takes a, a, a real discipline action because it comes from with you, within you to do something. Yeah. So, you know, just think it out loud. What are the difficulties in coming to the body of Christ? What's the difficulty in coming back to church? For me or for people? Just in general, <laughs> for you or for people, what do you think? Your um, thoughts? Well, well, in the midst of what's going on, I think that the biggest thing right now is fear. Okay. Uh, the fear of being out and about, the fear of uh, what if this happens, or the fear of, um, you know, just what we're living in right now with the pandemic. Um, second, I think it's just, uh, it's, um, it's a word that I was looking for, and I had it for a bit. Uh, I think it's just spiritual laziness. Yeah. You know, that our drive is not there, our heart is not in it, and um, we don't have that same love for Jesus in the Eucharist like we should have. It was interesting because I was listening to uh, Father Eden the other day uh, during the Mass, and he was saying how uh, he echoed a lot of other priests who actually have been very vocal about this when it comes to uh, the reality that about 70% of Catholics do not believe in the true presence of the Eucharist. Right. Like 70% of us who we're supposed to believe, we don't. And, you know, the question was asked, well, I wonder how many of you are part of that 70%. Um, not in a bad condemning way, but in a, in a reality check way. In the sense that, do I truly believe or not? Like, is this, because if I don't, then why am I here? Or if I do, then why am I not there? So I think, I think at the end of the day, it boils down to, do I truly believe in the Eucharist? And if I do, then my heart will be moved like Peter's heart later in that, that, that gospel passage. You know, so basically saying like, Lord, we have no idea what you just said. We trust you. We don't know what all this, thi- all this that you just, just said means. Like, eat my flesh, drink my blood, do all that stuff. The bread of life. I don't know what it means, but I know you do. I think we have a Peter-like heart, at least in this moment, you know, of Peter's heart. Um, we get to really initiate that comeback. And right now, one of the things that um, is precisely going on on that particular fear that you just mentioned because of the pandemic and and all this insecurities that we are um, faced with or we have been hearing or that we have been seen, whatever the case may be. However, it takes an initiative from your part and what's going to be greater those fears those insecurities okay those thoughts those words those actions what you see or actually from within you to take that place to take that action to come you know and and you just mentioned right now that it takes that belief now you may know you may understand you may have this wisdom and and more clarity about things yet the bottom line is belief so doing those two things because following up on the last part of this particular uh, verse 35 from chapter 6 of St. John he goes on to say and whoever believes in me 
okay? You come to me, but then you have to believe in me. You know, two different things. Not just because we're there with God. You know, a lot of people say that, you know, if God is with you, there's nothing. No, no. <laughs> it, it requires me now to believe in him because God has always been with me. I can always come to God. Yeah. All right. Eat. <laughs> so, all right. You got to taste, you know, step it up to where now it's not necessarily just to come, but also now it's besides coming to him. Okay. We need to also believe in him and then says we'll never thirst now what is the difference between being hungry and being thirsty that's a good question for the audience for the audience <laughs> audience what do you think you know so what is it to be hungry let, 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 let's, let's just use it biologically yeah okay let's go yeah. with the body okay what happens when you're hungry um you want you crave Uh, food in particular okay. um, begins in the stomach and, and it branches out everywhere else. Um, you desire supplements, you desire um, energy. Okay. Now, what happens if you actually um, delay that satisfaction? What happens if you delay of providing what the body is yearning for? The body will start to... Um, use other resources okay as a form of energy and in doing so it will not um it will not be fully working properly or completely exactly right. and True. it will lead to more complications because now the body's like okay i'm running out of things that i gotta I, since i'm not being fed i gotta feed on something else and in doing so then therefore i take energy and sources from things that i don't i'm not supposed to take rather because i haven't been fed I'm going to cater to these other things and the body will latch onto that instead. Right. And and see how the body is talking to you, how the body is telling you, is alerting you, is trying to almost plead with you. And it's between that and the power of understanding of your mind and the power of your will. Okay. But when you say, after I finish all of this, I'll be able to go and do this. And by the time you know it, you're having your first meal probably towards past your supper time. And by then, you have symptoms. Yeah. You're cranky. You know, you're upset. Angry, like many people know it. Even, even to the point of angry. Yeah. But then if you have, um, you know, health issues such as diabetes, well, you're going to have the... The trembling, the shakes, yeah. uh, you're going to be, the, the anxiety level picks up, you know. So you're going to start, you know, raising yourself with certain issues that now it's more complex. And just because you did not satisfy that hunger or listen to your body when it was talking to you. Yeah. And that's the same way we, we deal with our faith. Yeah. Know, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's pretty much the same way. So you 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 come into a, a an era, a surrounding. You come to a, a a state of being where you have all these symptoms that you shouldn't have. You could avoid, and all because you just didn't listen at the very beginning. You did not pay attention to what was good for you and what you needed to do. So when it comes to come. 
to to him it's something that we need to attend because it's part of our hunger yeah. okay so now we, we talked about food we talked about hunger what happens to us when we thirst dehydration okay it can lead to that yes. um, and then dehydration leads to uh, losing um, I guess clarity in the mind and then your your eye there's a word I'm looking for your um, metabolism or no 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 there's another word that I'm looking for okay guys and I graduated from this um <laughs> uh, my goodness so like right now maybe that's what's happening to me right now is I can't remember things so your productivity lessens your productivity is no longer as um, active as consistent as it was because of the lack of water that your body needs um, that's what we're pr- plainly um, that's what we're plainly made out of certain percent of water so therefore when we don't have it then the body begins to break down why because the main source to keep it afloat is no longer there and we're running out and we don't have enough um, liquid fluids uh, water to be able to do the work that we need to do okay so then look at the simplicity of this complex situation and i say the simplicity of this complex situation because you know it's very easy to take care of hunger it's very easy to take care of thirst Okay, for hunger you provide food, for thirst you provide you provide drink. So, on this notion, okay, it gives us the opportunity uh, when it comes to our faith to come to Jesus and to believe in Him. And I think that the best example that I can remember uh, or, or that I can assimilate is the drive that this one woman who had been suffering uh, from an illness and her thought. Okay, she says, um, "All I need to do is get close enough to touch his cloth." It didn't say about touching Jesus; just simply touching his, you know, his cloth. And and I think that um, look at the energies that she puts because there was a lot of people there close to Jesus, yeah. and you know, it's kind of being pushed around, but they needed to keep on moving forward to what they were, you know, they were going to. But here this lady, um, her belief was so strong enough that it propelled her to come to him that close and actually just touch his garment because she was satisfied with that. And the power took place. Now, in that moment in in Scripture, it says that Jesus kind of, you know, um, he kind of paused. And he even questioned, who touched me? And the apostles say, are you kidding me? <laughs> Look the way we're being pushed around and, you know, trying to move you forward and, and get you to where we got to go. What's this about? Who touched me? But Jesus felt the power that came out of him. Well, that power of love was there because of her trusting that, believing that, and coming close to him. So imagine her. It doesn't say about scripture what happened to her later on. But I'm pretty sure that when she heard this about, I am the bread of life, oh, she knew. She completely understood that. To come and believe. Because she had done that. And she had been healed because of her faith on that. And many times we want to have the same belief, but we just simply don't even just get up and go to him. We don't come to him. And now that 
um, here in the Dice of Laredo uh, since uh, the last day was July 31st that the dispensation about Mass on Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation have been lifted. Now we have to be conscious that, yeah, we need to come to Jesus, not because of an obligation or because of something God, I got to do to avoid sin, but because I need to come and satisfy this hunger that I have kind of deprived because of fear, because of whatever concerns, health issues, whatever the case may be. But we so much kind of uh, respect the individual's you know, opinion and way of thinking that we become kind of sensitive to it and say, you know, whenever you're ready, you gotta be ready. <laughs> and we just don't know. Yeah, we don't. I don't, so I don't, when it's when I say come and believe, yeah, que esperas? Okay, we have to take this action, and it's a conversion that moment to actually do that. Dios te necesita porque te ama. No te necesita porque tienes que hacer algo. God needs you because He loves you, not because He wants this from you. He wants you because He has created you, and He loves you beyond who. You are because he has created you in his image and likeness. That's why he loved you that much. We gotta re recognize that. And if I would recognize that, you know, if I would have my, let's say, conversion moment and I, I can see God and have that energy like that woman to get close as possible to do just do this, well, we're asking you to live up this particular you know verse from John 6:35 being able to accept i am the bread of life that god telling you i can satisfy your hunger and your thirst all you got to do is come and believe yeah that's that's i mean that's strong because How many times do we find ourselves disqualifying ourselves? Yeah. And it comes down to that. Like we disqualify ourselves because we're not good enough. We're not perfect enough. We're not. Um, we are ashamed for whatever it is. And yet, in the midst of our brokenness, He brings healing. In the midst of our suffering, He brings He brings that peace. And I don't know. I, I just think that sometimes when I feel sometimes we're, we're tempted to want to see that miracle, to see that conversion that gave us to, it's gonna change, it's gonna move you, and that's it. Like, no looking back. It's full on, you know, press ahead from here on out. And sometimes we we want that. Yet, we have to recognize sometimes that the reality is Jesus just wants you. You know, as I told a priest when I think it was, I was his name. We talked, about, we talked about him not so long ago. Um, and John. Father Stadola? The Gospel yeah, of John. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think I, I, it has to be him. So anyways, I remember one day he was at Murray Help and I think I was, I was working there. And I think he was doing confessions or he had a chance to hear my confession. And I said, yo, one of the, sorry, I said, yo, Father. Um, so um, one of the things that I said, I said, I, I, don't, I don't feel like I'm praying enough or I don't feel like I'm, I'm being intentional in my prayer. Um, he said, prayer is not about your feelings. <laughs> right? You know, it's just about doing. 
like do it just pray it you know because it goes beyond your feelings it goes beyond you as um what you think it might be but be intentional into what as to what you do but do it you know because prayer is for the soul for the spiritual side of you that is uplifted in prayer so regardless of how you think of how you how you may feel about it feelings come and go but your conviction has to be there and so i was just kind of it's true like i shouldn't want to desire yeah and sometimes we we get to have those moments those those spiritual highs like they say that we get to be on cloud nine and oh my gosh we're so in love with god and we just want to be there forever and we realize that that's just a moment you know like like we say it in, in the retreats here at the at the or no one retreats that's just the summit you got to get down to that mountain at some point and once you get down to that mountain of that mountain then the work begins once you get off of that feeling then you're truly tested was it just a temporary thing or was it something that i'm no i'm convicted regardless of whether i feel it whether i think it whether i know it this is my belief and therefore because of that because that's reality i will move forward in that confidence and that belief and that conviction that that's who he says he is the eucharist is who jesus says he is because if it wasn't then jesus is not god and we should not be following him but just this reality that whenever um i have a chance well every time at mass like kid you not every single time at mass um like i said a part of me wants to feel something a part of me wants to like have that something in stir up in me and, and be like yes like full-blown like i'm in it for the long haul and like you know go all out but every single time in the midst of consecration when the priest lifts up the host now I turn into the body of Christ um yeah we see my lord and my god but i always add you know i believe but help my unbelief and when he lifts up the chalice it's a bit of the same thing but at the end um i always add i ask pardon for all those who do not believe especially me through my sin or like if I'm in a state of mortal sin and I recognize that I cannot receive Jesus at the time or part, I ask pardon for those who don't believe but even in my own doubt yeah. and so in that moment like we recognize that that is who he is like he is truly there whether I think it whether I know it whether I believe it whether I want it it doesn't matter that's still truth and right. so at least hopefully it's a, it's a uh, bit of a picker upper you know for all those who are struggling with that belief that this is a hard saying who can take it on some matter of fact uh, it reminds me uh, of uh, father mike smith mm-hmm. in explaining about the importance of the eucharist and breaking it down to where we can um, come to it and believe it uh, he says you know the heart of religion is worship oh so good yes the heart of religion is worship who's on to say the heart of worship is sacrifice sacrifice so we're not going over to sacrifice my time and, and when we go to church when we go to mass you know where we go to even a prayer service okay we're not there especially when we come to to the eucharist when we come to mass we're not there to be entertained and a lot of people do 
hoy no tiene corón. They don't have a choir today. Hombre, let's go somewhere else. Or I'll go later. And that later never comes. Yeah. Comes. Okay. So when we go to the actual celebration of the Eucharist, celebration of the Holy Mass, we come there with that heart, heart of sacrifice, the heart of worship, the heart of religion of our faith. And it, it, it's sad because we're there not because of me. It's because of that bread of life, that I am, that God that is asking us to come this way because that's the way he taught us to do so. And many times when we're there because we don't like the music, we don't like the priest, we don't like the church, we don't like this and that. And all of that is just, you know, childishness. Because in reality, you're coming because of your own ways. Yeah. You're not God. You know, when I, I used to have the quinceañera program, I would tell the quinceañera, when you have your quinceañera, it's not your mass. It's Jesus' mass. And you're there to thank God for your 15 years. You're there to say, you created me, Lord, and I'm here to thank you. And as a quinceañera, okay, as a 15-year-old, I'm here to say thank you for my 15 years. And if I turn back, either to my right or to my left, I'll be able to see, thank you for my parents. Thank you because they made it possible for me to be here right now. From my 15-year celebration to who I am this past 15 years. Mm -hmm. And I'm here in front of you. Behind me is everybody else. Because the quinceañera is normally put up front, you know. And I'm here in front to say to you face-to-face, -face, Lord, thank you. Yeah. And I tell the quinceañera, although you're there in front of everybody else, it's still not your mass. It's Jesus' mass. Yeah. But you're being given the privilege to be up front this way. And what an honor, what a blessing, what an opportunity. You have come to believe. So when this comes to us, if that has happened in your quinceañera to the ladies that are listening to this, what a blessing it has been. If you did not have a quinceañera, make it a quinceañera every time you go to mass now. <laughs> yeah. Okay? To come and celebrate and say, thank you, Lord, for everything that you have given me up to this point. And if there's something that I need, ask. You know, Matthew 7, 7. <laughs> yeah. Ask. All right? So when we come and believe on that bread of life, it is for us to actually have the heart in the right place. Yeah. That that sacrifice is Jesus himself being offered to the Father. Because all the Mass is, you know, we're talking to God, the Father. You're constantly, and we're using Jesus to get to the Father. And at one point, we even offer Jesus to the Father. How cannot it be the most perfect prayer because of that? And believe me, the Father will receive that offering, that sacrifice, that love, that you're there with your good and perfect and right intention. So when we come to mass okay when we come to the lord let us be there and believe of why we're there and when we get out 
you know, we've heard this, you know, famous phrase that constantly, sometimes it's already, you know, getting to me and it bothers me. What you get, what you put into the mass, that's what you're going to get out. No, I'm sorry. No, no. It's a misconception there. Because the mass, like you said, Jesus is still there. Yeah. Okay, regardless of what you put in or not, it has happened before you. If the belief is not there, it still happens. Jesus is there. God is there. The love for you is there. You know? So when we wake up, we got to have the understanding that when I come, it's because I have this hunger to praise God. That's worship. To adore God. That's worship. To come to God and thank Him for everything that I have. That's worship. Okay? And you do it with a sincere heart. You do it with a grateful heart. Yeah. Right? And, and many times it's hard to have a grateful heart. Because many times we love ourselves more than what we have. We want, we see what we don't have. And we start losing the ability to have a grateful heart. We start looking at the things that I don't have versus the things that I do. So in having that grateful heart, you're here to say, Lord, I, I thank you because I have gone through this and I've gone through that and you have helped me. I know that I suffered, but you have suffered more than I did. You know, you, you went through it worse than what I went through, whatever the case may be. Yet, God knows your heart, how sincere it is. And when you're coming to Him, He will satisfy your hunger. And better yet, when you believe in Him, you thirst to have a better life. You thirst to be conscious of what you really want to enjoy and have. And the Lord sees through that. And it's incredible when you walk out of that church, you walk out of that mass, you walk out of that experience of God's love, and you say, wow, I'm going to try this. Wow, I'm going to continue doing this. And the drive for your conversion You know, become stronger because you're no longer alone. Yeah. You know, God is with you. Yeah. And you are with him. Come and believe. And that's one of the biggest challenges that I think we have to really embrace uh, in this invitation because Jesus said so. Like these are the words of Jesus. That he says, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood passes own life and we see it here that he is the bread of life he is the one who will feed the world with his flesh right um for the life of the world you know and so we and i i guess the invitation to to you all is to read uh the entire gospel of john um chapter six six yeah yes everyone's like oh, yeah. oh okay yeah chapter six um because again this reality is he has to prove to the people Um, two things. Number one, the first part of John chapter six is him proving that he is God. Because they don't believe him. First of all, you know, he's like, wait, isn't this Joseph? Don't we know him? Like, isn't he marrying Mary's kid? You know, we play basketball with him in Nazareth or whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever it may be. Like, he has to prove to them that he is God. And therefore, you're going to hear this common phrase. And I want you to like, just pay, no pay attention and take note. When he says, I am the bread of life. He says it twice. The first time, 
and everything that follows afterwards, he's proving, he's trying to help them realize that he is God. He is proving to them that he is God. And the second time that he says, I am the bread of life, now he's proving that he is the Eucharist, that he is, that you have to do this. He didn't ask you. He didn't request it. He demands it. He commands it, right? Because then, I don't want to spoil it for you, but later on, they ask, you know, well, not, they don't ask. Rather, because of this, many people leave. Like Many people leave Jesus for his teaching. And this is the first time in, in the Gospels that people leave Jesus for his, for this teaching because very, it was very difficult. And that's actually John chapter 6, verse 66. So people actually are willing to leave. And these are the same people that gave up their families, their houses, their, their way of life just to follow Jesus. And these same people choose to leave Jesus for this very difficult topic, this very difficult reality. And it gets to the point where Jesus looks at the 12 and he says, um, you also want to go? Do you also want to leave? You know? And Simon Peter, like, where are we to go? You know? On the way. Where, where do we go? You know? And basically, he's saying, I don't, I don't know what you mean by this, but I know you do. I don't know what eat my flesh, drink my blood. I don't understand all these things, but I know you do. Luckily for Jesus, he had a plan. A year later, when he would install the, the mass at the Last Supper, the disciples are like, oh, this is it. This moment. Take this, all of you. This is my body. This is my blood. And they're like, mind blown. You know, like this. Right. This is it. This is what he said a year ago. Now it makes sense. And, and, and one of the things that uh, has helped me understand more profoundly in accepting um, the reality that Jesus actually is present because here to satisfy hunger you gotta eat you gotta eat to satisfy your hunger so to satisfy the need of God in your life and your soul you gotta nourish from him and he takes more than just prayer more than just meditation more than just talking to God listening to God you know listening to his word it's more than that and and it's only fitting, you know, and this is something I realized uh, not too long ago. Um, and it just, you know, my, my brain, because, you know, he uses elements that are so simple, yet so essential. Yeah. Okay. The bread and wine. Okay. These two elements, um, very common, yet again, very essential now why does it become an issue that it requires for us to eat of the bread of life why becomes an issue to eat god you know since you can really accept or understand that it took the eating of a forbidden fruit Okay, to start it all off. Okay? So just the way it got messed up by eating something that you weren't supposed to. And what happens when you do that in your in your physical body? You know? Mm. If you forget uh, it. Yeah. It's over. Okay? There's things that your body's going to react about it. Well, the same thing here. At the very beginning there was something that they ate what they weren't supposed to. Now here you're supposed to eat. What you're supposed to to be able to have eternal life and god commands in both scenarios god commands the first scenario don't do this don't eat this don't 
you know, right. lest you die, you know, unless I have the right to kill you, you know, through because of their mortal sin. And yet here, Jesus, who is God, says, eat my flesh, drink my blood. And if you do this, you will have life. I will raise you on the last day. You will abide in me and I in you. And you will, basically, you will have eternal life. So not once, not twice, not three times a lady, four times. And he harps on this reality that this is what you need to do. Um, I love this. St. Augustine says, this is talking about the Last Supper. We're going to fast forward here. Christ held himself in his hands when he gave his body to his disciples saying, this is my body. No one partakes of this flesh before he has adored it. In that moment, he sanctifies this reality that he gives us his own body. And in that moment, the same is true to the priest that you listen to today. Because it is Christ through that priest, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that that simple bread and simple wine become the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. Yeah. And what is true then is true now. True worship. And so that's going to be the big invitation for you guys to be able to simply look deep into your heart and say do I truly believe and perhaps it might not be a um, a, a very instant moment where you just have faith I mean maybe it can <laughs> praise God if it does but it's a conversion it's a marathon it's a slow process but it takes one of effort it takes one of dedication of sincere humility before the Lord and truly asking is this what you want of me and really diving deep into John chapter 6 um, but then also recognizing the power of the Eucharist um, and in doing so in conjunction actually with the sacraments of confession because those two go hand in hand like you said we're thirsty we're hungry it starts with confession and then transfers over to the table to the altar where Jesus steps out of heaven into that altar and into you. And again, from the simple ways of breaking it down, you know, you can say from the apple to the bread. And when we talk about the alphabet, that's only the first two letters. From the apple, the A, to B, the bread. They're next to each other. The next letter in the alphabet is C, which re represents come. Come where? Come back to the B, to believe, bread of life. It all takes obedience, okay, to do it his way. Yeah. I mean, it was disobeyed on the first time, but now you need to obey to really be saved. And that's one of the things that a lot of us need to really spend time on and dedicate time to just learn more about your faith and I know this year has been a crazy year and right now we're in a position where a lot of fear, anxiety, doubt still exists yet time and time again Christ reminds us do not be afraid because I've conquered the world do not be afraid because I've given myself to you and if there's something better that I could have given you, I would have. But the most that I can give is myself in the Eucharist. So what are you waiting for? Come 